Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Welcome back. Today we try to answer that age-old question, why can't the pizza place cut the pizza into equal slices? I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. Take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't find any of these other films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe I listen to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Today's pick. On the podcast. is John's pick. 1986's epic Highlander. Awesome. I mean, we'll see. Um, Highlander came out March 9th, 1986 It is the story of an immortal Scottish swordsman Must confront the last immortal opponent An immersely brutal barbarian Who lusts after the fabled prize Mm -hmm. I didn't write that I wish I did It had a budget of 16 million Mm dollars All special effects (laughs) Well one whole million went to Sean Connery And it made 5.9 million (laughs) dollars In the theater In the US That's not very much no. But it still spawned several sequels, a TV show. Two TV shows. Two TV a, shows. Uh, okay, two TV shows, an anime, <laughs> um, a cartoon, video games. Wow. There, there's a Highlander con. There's way more than one. That's bananas. <laughs> yep. And they're supposed to be movie flops. We try to forget about it. Um, this movie. This yeah. <laughs> Definitely not this one. Alright, so the director of this movie is, hold on, it's going away from me, stop it, coming back, is Russell McCauley, mm-hmm. who you may know from little ditties such as Highlander, Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Highlander 2. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Although Tony told me the movies after this one don't exist. Well, 2 is... No, 2 really doesn't bad. exist. <laughs> None of the other movies are even mentioned, 2. Okay, any other movies? Uh, Resident Evil Extinction. Okay. Uh, Bait. Mm-hmm. He did some Teen Wolf TV series. Mm-hmm. A whole shitload of videos. Uh, some Queen stuff. Well, he had to have a relationship with Queen. Yeah. <laughs> if not, well, somebody did. This movie. The, yeah. the soundtrack for this movie was exclusively by Queen. It's rad. It's rad. And this movie was, excuse me, directed by Gregory Whitten, who came up with the idea for The Highlander. And... I don't believe he did anything else of note other than the Highlander series. Okay. Uh, is that the writer? Yeah, that's the writer. I think he also did the prophecy. He did do the prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is of note. <laughs> <laughs> he did Highlander 2, Might Space Rangers, um, Prophecy, Prophecy 2, um, some of the TV show, Pro- this is a Prophecy 3. Yeah, Prophecy 2 and 3 are uh, not of note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he gets credit for the characters. Oh, okay. So, that's that. Um, this movie stars some some names you may have heard of. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roxanne Hart. No, no, she was Brenda Wyatt. Oh, mm-hmm. she's terrible. Yeah. Christopher Lambert. He was Beowulf. He was Beowulf, and he was also in Highlander Two, Highlander mm-hmm. Three, Highlander Four, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Hi- Kombat, Highlander the TV series, just one episode, the pilot, which is the best one. Mm-hmm. Same clan, That's, different vintage. The pilot episode of the Highlander TV series is my favorite Highlander movie. Because <laughs> it's like an hour and a half long. And oh, Duncan yeah. And Connor are both in it. It's great. And the, I've seen it. it. I just haven't seen it. Well, the it's scene fantastic. where they meet 
like the big bad is there and he's getting ready to fight he wants to fight Duncan but Connor pops out and wants to fight him and Duncan's like Donna McLeod Clan McLeod and then Connor's like Connor McLeod same clan different vintage she goes <laughs> it's the greatest line this is the best scene <laughs> it is the best scene and it's the best line in that movie it's rad it is a lot of stuff is rad I, I give that, that a high mm-hmm. recommend <laughs> um, but other things you may know him for not a whole lot <laughs> he was in Kickboxer so it's a welcome no it was he was in the second remake Kickboxer Kickboxer Retaliation mm-hmm. he was in that so mm. that's not a welcome back so we haven't done the movie yet. I thought I did that movie already but I have not no it's going back on, going back on the list <laughs> <laughs> but it is back on the list yes that is definitely on the list but really you know he was in uh, nothing of note <laughs> we're just gonna go with that all right. Um, Clancy Brown. Love me some Clancy Brown. <laughs> Big fan. Who doesn't love me some Clancy he Brown? He would have been a welcome back to the podcast if Tony had done Hellbenders. Because he's in that movie. But Clancy Brown is in a really great movie. Starship Troopers? Nope. Well, that is a really great movie. Shawshank but- Redemption? Nope. Mm-hmm. He's in those two. You know what he's in? The Guardian. You know who else is in that movie? Kevin Costner. You know what, he- <laughs> you know what movie he's in that I mention on this dr- podcast all the time? Thor Ragnarok. He is in Thor Ragnarok, but he's in The Guardian is a really, really great movie about the Coast Guard rescue people mm-hmm. with Kevin Costner and Ashton Kutcher in it. It's great. It's a drama. You should watch it and pick it for the podcast because <laughs> I love to talk about it because it's fantastic. <laughs> I've never heard of it. It's really good. <laughs> anyway. It's like the same kind of movie as like White Squall. Or, uh, or the perfect storm. I've heard of that. So Never there's also it. this guy you may have heard of. His name is all great movies. Sean Connery. Yeah, he's alright. He was in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's in, in my the Rock. He was in the Rock. He was in my favorite Bond movie. Octopussy. No, Goldfinger. <laughs> and actually, I think that was um, what the what's his name, Roger Moore. Yeah, well, uh, he was in Doctor No. He was Goldfinger is my Bond. favorite. Goldfinger's your favorite? I don't know why. I think it's because it's the one I saw the most as a child. That'll do it. Um, Mine's Skyfall. Like, not even close. I was going to say, yeah, my favorite of all of them is Skyfall because it's the best Bond ever. Also, yeah, by a lot. <laughs> and I like View to a Kill even though it's terrible. Mm. I like Doctor No. I like the first one too. Mm-hmm. I really like Goldfinger. And I really like the uh, Pierce Brosnan one that has Halle Berry and the diamonds in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Die Another Day. Die Another yeah, Day. That one's good. real good. I really like that I one. I like that one, too. It's ridiculous, though. <laughs> but, yeah, Sean Connery, he's been in a bunch of shit. If you don't know who he is, wow. I uh, am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you give Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> uh, the other person I'm going to mention here is... Um, uh, oh, the, the Medicine Man? Shut up. Where he cured cancer? Is John... Polialto. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, make sure you mention. Who's a welcome back to the yes. podcast from yes. a little movie called The Crow. Mm-hmm. We watched it until he goes, is that the dude from The Crow? I think he was in another one of our movies too, but I can't was remember. Was he? Because I think he was a welcome back to the podcast in The Crow, wasn't he? No, oh, no, I have to look it up. No, the link can look it up. Right. Creepy Gideon. Creepy Gideon. That's who You're going to erase your sorry ass. <laughs> You're nothing but street grease. <laughs> I'm not twisted like you two fucks. Well, shit on me. She wiped a power card seat. Caught a sword in the mouth on that one. Uh, well, all right. So what did you think going in all after Carly? Think about that while I read some reviews. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will forget. So here's one. Highlander, the original Highlander, was a good movie. The kind of action movie that could only have been in the 1980s. It takes a novel premise and explores it without taking itself too seriously. 
He was in Gangster Squad as Dragna. That's what it was. There you go. Welcome back to the podcast. Sorry to interrupt your review. <laughs> the movie follows the life of an immortal swordsman in the battle to death with other immortals. So the movie cuts back and forth between stories. One is modern day tale about the gathering and the final battle of immortals. The other is Connor's life story beginning with the day that he discovered he was immortal. Then it goes on for like another paragraph, but I like that. Um, where is it? Oh, here we go. Highlander is low. <laughs> this is Samen 3. Mm-hmm. Fuck him. I mean, um, the sheer idiocracy of Highlander surprises me. Mm-hmm. It's so clumsily assembled and pretentiously written that it's hard to believe that I saw this on screen in the original plan of the director. At any rate, the fact still stands, Hounder is lame. In fact, I mean, guy's address. <laughs> <laughs> Do you post on moviepooch.com? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carly? Hey, I thought, wow, they're finally making me watch it. Because y'all talk about it all the time, but I have never seen it. Mm. Tony? It. I was like, uh, yeah, I'll watch this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. Cool. We'll see if it holds up this week. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine? I thought, I'm going to watch this in a hot minute. <laughs> and there's no time for us. I do love the soundtrack. It's got a great soundtrack. It's, uh, it was up there. Yeah. It was really up there with my favorite character of the soundtrack. <laughs> it's practically a character. and uh, It almost is. If you would have claimed Freddie Mercury, I'd allow it. Mm. Just, I didn't. I picked a real character. Okay, well, we'll see that soon. All right, so the movie opens with the Canon logo. Whatever happened to Canon? Mm. They made a bunch of bad decisions. That's what happened. Misfired. Mm-hmm. But Tony did say, it's a Canon movie. That's how you know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> we get a nice voiceover from Ramirez, and I shit you not, this was recorded in the bathroom. Yep. Explaining who immortals are and what they are. Then uh, Queen hits Princes of the Universe, one of the best songs ever written. It's it's pretty good. Get you get you. It's up there with Eye of the Tiger. Where you're like, ooh, it's ooh. on. You turn it up. Oh, no easy way out. So and we open to a wrestling master. Fabby's In danger zone. Ooh, that's cool too. Footloose. Mm. Footloose. Kenny Loggins. Most stuff from Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> Anything from the eighties and Kenny Loggins will get you going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the fabulous free birds fresh from Bad Street USA hit the ring, and we see Connors in the audience. Who doesn't seem to the match? No. Why? Glad you asked. Because the violence is triggering a memory of his battle days in the highlands of Scotland where he lost his life and became an immortal. Did you know that this was supposed to originally be a hockey match? Mm-mm. But when the hockey people found that it was supposed to be too violent and trigger, triggering his, you know, his, his memory, yeah. his PTSD, if you will, they were like, no. So more wrestling. Hmm. I'm like, sure. Fabulous and, free birds there, And down. you get Michael P.S. Hayes. <laughs> and that's a good thing. All right, so he leaves before the match is over, presumably to beat Traffic, because if you've ever been in the garden, Traffic is a bitch. All he didn't right. seem terribly interested in it, either. And it's no. kind of weird, because who does... He, co- he seemed to be there all by himself, too. So, like, he bought a ticket to wrestling, and then wasn't into it, and then it triggered a flashback, so he's like, I'm out. <laughs> he did, um, he actually quoted another movie, he said, F this on mobile, mm-hmm. and went Ooh. to the parking lot. And luckily, he runs to another immortal, Fazil. Now, it's a luckily? good... Yeah, luckily. <laughs> it's the time of the gathering. So, Fazil is there, and it's a good thing this match goes on a bit, because otherwise people would walk into their cars during a sword fight. A crazy sword fight. Mm-hmm. And there's a sword fight, and at one point, I think they're... Um, it, this 
fight scene, the guy that he's fighting mm-hmm. is the action director guy. What do you call him? He's a stuntman. Stuntman. A very, yeah. very well-known so stuntman. He, when you look at his IMDb, he was oh, in all kinds of This guy is, is the snowman of, of, <laughs> of this movie. He should have been part of the blood pact. And, and he breaks the record for consecutive backflips in a row. In <laughs> un, no no unnecessary backflips in a row in the middle of a sword fight. Yes, I wrote that down. All right, I'm glad you brought that up because they are so unnecessary and ridiculous. And Connor wins, and we see what, what's known as the quickening, Carly. When you take another mortal's life, you take his essence into you. Yes. Via lightning, and it destroys everything around you. Right. Those. I was like, damn, people are coming out to their cars. What the fuck happened here? Mm-hmm. All right, so then... But he cuts his head off. Well, after, the, after a little, you know, cut, cut, snip, snip. Clang, clang. Just a tip. I was like, damn, he cut his head off. So <laughs> he was like, he has to. It's like, I didn't know. <laughs> you don't know the rules. No. They tell us later. Mm-hmm. All right, so Connor runs out of the parking lot, knowing the police are going to be there pretty soon to ask about all the lightning damage. And, and he, he stashes his sword. his sword, yeah. Yeah, he stashes his sword. He knows he's going to get stopped. And we get a flashback to Scotland, 1536. A young Connor is on his way to battle. He talks with his cousin, Dougal, about going into battle. And they, you know, first time I whipped my kilt. And they're Apparently pretty good he spirits. Wets his kilt. And they're in good spirits considering they're going out to battle. And, you know, but time period, they had a short life and expectancy. His lady gives yeah. him a token. Yes. It was a token. Please tell us a token. That's a callback to another one we did, Carly. Wasn't it, wasn't it her movie? <laughs> Night's Tale. Night's Tale, yeah. yeah. Wasn't it your movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then she, and then he kisses and her a, and, and he's a like, smooch. yeah! And then she told Dougal to make sure she, he brings him back safe and sound. And it's like, oh, the one piece you're thinking about. Mm. Mm-hmm. She wants to see what's under the kilt, if you know what I'm talking about. I think she's already seen it. The little tally whacker. <laughs> I suspect um, this was like his wife or his betrothed or something. I think it was his betrothed. She seemed a little bit more than just a castle whore because they wouldn't <laughs> have let her. castle whore. Well, they wouldn't have. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like if she was just the village loose woman, the friendly widow, oh. they probably wouldn't let her interrupt their war procession. Castle whore. That's true. That's so awesome. the battle starts and we hear bagpipes. The castle whore. Castle whore. <laughs> what was your occupation? That was castle whore. Castle whore. whore. Yeah, you know. training. You know, I couldn't get, um, you know, wine wench, so yeah. I went with castle whore. That's less line. Yeah. All right. And there's lightning. And there's a black knight on a horse. It's the Kurgan. And he says, Remember our deal. And there's one called Connor among them. How does he know? And, yeah, how would he know what this guy's <laughs> name is? Like, Connor know. doesn't even know. How would they he know? <laughs> I mean, I can see how because immortals can sense each other. When they get close mm-hmm. to each other, they can sense it. But he hasn't died They get died that special yet. feeling, you know, Maybe tingling in the nuts. Yet, yeah. Even if they're... But no, a no, plot no. hole. But it, no, it's not a plot hole because in even in the TV show... Immortals that haven't been turned yet, you can sense them. You know they're immortal, even if they don't know they're immortal. But do you, like, have a vision and know who they are and what they look like and what no, their name is? No. <laughs> in, the, in the TV show, you just you get close to them and you're like, oh, hey, does this guy know he's immortal? Because in the pilot, there's a kid there, and Connor's like, hey, you know this guy's immortal? And he goes, yeah, I'll watch him. <laughs> that might be a retroactive fit you know I don't know maybe the TV show was like 10 years after the speckles in that plot the problem with the Highlander series is there's not a whole lot of forward thinking like they think about the movie they're making and that's it we don't know they don't explain it they don't explain much (laughs) they go your head comes away from your neck it's over movie (laughs) 
What else is going on? Don't worry about that. Because sometimes we can channel stags, but don't don't worry about that. Don't no, no, no one do that once. <laughs> so, the purpose of the of the prize, which they never tell you what it is, it's all the knowledge in the universe. We'll get. To he that. tells you at the end. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Um, but for now, we just know it's the prize. See, immortals <laughs> have to fight each other to the death. They have to cut their heads off so you can take their quickening and their essence. And then at the end, there will be only one. And there can be only one. And he gets the prize. Mm. Right. But you cannot fight somebody on holy ground. Mm-hmm. No immortal will break that one. Unless the fourth movie's talking. <laughs> <laughs> they break that one. That's more of a guideline. <laughs> Come to find out. Well, Connor almost does it. He has to be reminded. This is holy ground. Well, how do they know it's holy ground? If it's holy to one person, not holy to another? Well, he was in a church. <laughs> I mean, but if, if you don't believe in God, it's not holy ground. Yeah, what if it's not holy ground to you? And, well, I was going to say, in the TV show, Duncan hung out on holy ground, on a Native American holy ground for like 50 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why. So he couldn't be attacked by the end of the mortals who took himself out of the game. So maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe they can it's feel it. to somebody. It's maybe only. they can feel it, but in they don't explain the, it. It doesn't matter. In one of the movies, they fight on holy ground, and when they hit each other's swords, they shatter. Mm. So. It, it doesn't really matter. Mm. Well, there's also a bunch of books. It could just it. be a ground that has a bunch of holes in it. <laughs> like this plot. Let's get back to it. <laughs> All right, so where am I? La, 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 la. All right, so the battle the starts. The Kurgan's there, and he's on his horse, and he's just fucking bottles up. You know, he's just stabbing him and stuff. And no one will fight Connor. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there, he's like... No one will fight. Fight me, damn it. No one will fight me. And he said, tells his cousin Dougal. He's like, Dougal, no one will fight me. And he's like, come stand next to me. <laughs> Smart. Hey, if you fight me. Smart. He's like, I got two at a time, fucker. Come over here. <laughs> but just then, the Kurgan rides up. I'll fight you. And with their little raspy voice. And he gets off and without really doing too much, he, he kills Connor. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of first battle. He's not very a good swordsman yet. All right, and before he stabs Connor right in the gut, mm-hmm. and then he goes to cut his head off, and he says, "There can be only one." And Connor's cousins they tackle him, and they just start punching the fucking guy. And we flash back to modern times, and Connor is driving his car like he fucking stole it, and he's trying to get out of there, mm-hmm. and he shouldn't have because two reasons: one, there's something going on at the garden, so there's going to be police around, you know, for crowd control, and two, there was a big lightning storm in there, so someone's going to want to check that out. But he comes <laughs> driving out like a motherfucker. But luckily, he stashed the sword. Lucky he stashed the sword, mm-hmm. and the police are there, and they pull their guns like, "Yeah, the car!" And he's like, "Oh, whoa!" They whoa. are they are intent that he caused the lightning storm. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that he cut off someone's head. No, <laughs> but no. they sure are violent with him. <laughs> you, he should have been like, "Did you see that lightning storm? I'm trying to GTFO." Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, anyway, so they get him out of the car, and he attacks the police. After they attack him? <laughs> well, they told him to get out of the car, and they're like, hey, we're going to, you know. He got out of the car, they so they, pushed him up against the car. And then he hits the police, so then they hit him, and they one guy, he puts a gun in his face, and goes, don't even move, pal. And don't I'm like, even breathe. you don't know he did anything. <laughs> yeah, but he shouldn't have hit them at any point. Well, the way that he was driving was reckless, so we have reckless driving. Oh, goodness. So they took him into custody. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> so, even if the police threw you up against the wall, you don't fight back. Oh, no, I wouldn't. But I'm not <laughs> thinking he's a villain because he's <laughs> also a movie. Well, I think he was he the fuck up with He just cut off somebody's head, though. He is a villain. I knew he wasn't. I don't Nobody know was. He, he murdered he someone. Maybe grandfather did. <laughs> Look, normal people can't cut people's heads off, but this guy's older than our laws. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's allowed. Flashback. Nobody else, though. 
Well, Flash- that here's the thing. That dude came at him. Flashback. He didn't go looking for that fight. That dude came to him. Yeah, with he went off the fence. Mm. Yeah, I did not automatically think he was a villain for cutting that dude's head off. Just that dude tried to cut his head off. Poor Fasil. Poor Fasil. Fasil tried to kill him. But did you see? And we know that stunt coordinators do not be in these movies long. They get one sword fight and you're out. All right, so flashback to Scotland, where a wounded Connor is being being given the last rites, and this same woman is crying over him. And his cousin tells him. His cousin Angus says, "Get out of here." The last thing he's he's gonna want to hear is the sounds of a wailing woman. Get out of here, castle whore. <laughs> that is that what he said. He did say the last thing. He's, he's like, look, he's about to die. This is woman. not what he needs to hear. He doesn't need castle whores Pull crying. Pull yourself on together, him. woman. <laughs> Go back to the, the dreams. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Although he does say, wait, let's try to heal him or whatever. And the priest is like, there's other people that are dying or something. <laughs> like, yeah. there's other other people that I got to deal with. I was it's like, like hey, look, I can't do shit for this Busy guy. priest. So we cut back to modern times at the crime scene. LOL. Brenda is there. And it looks like she just drove through um, a whole bunch of cocaine. Mm-hmm. And they say, it looks like Scarface. Oh, sorry. These are my notes from a different movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not funny. Tony liked it. <laughs> Brenda is on scene and she starts yelling at people as soon as she gets here. Like, damn it. Forensics should be called at the same time as homicide. You're in there and you're messing up the crime scenes. Like, oh. I hate this trope where whoever gets on at yeah. the fucking crime scene has to yell at someone. That's just me. <laughs> the public is very upset because they can't get to their cars now after the wrestling match. But Brenda finds Fizio's sword and she's very into it. She's like, oh my god. It's a Talamaskin something or other. <laughs> <laughs> The Talamasca is something else. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit. Is it worth much? About a million bucks. Well, now we have a motive. They say, do you have any sus? She says, do you have any suspects? And he says, just an antiques an dealer. An antiques dealer. Yep. And then he asks how. And then he asks how much. The, what's the sword worth? And she goes, just about a million bucks. Any uh, antiques dealer could tell you that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, baby, look at you. <laughs> she's actually talking dirty to a sword, which is kind of cool. Well, she's really into swords, which mm-hmm. is, seems like a weird speciality a for... strange coincidence. <laughs> she's, a metal, she's a metallurgist who works the police She's department. a it, sword whore. It's it okay. It seems like a strange um, hobby or interest for someone who goes into forensics to also be inter- into really old swords. She's a metallurgist. Yeah, but she wrote a book on metallurgy. Yes, so you would be doing something with um, metallurgy, <laughs> not with forensics. So Connor's in the interrogation room; he's being questioned, and one of the officers, well, he says mean things to him. That's one way to put it. <laughs> he says, "You talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? Lots of places." And the reason for that is because they try to get his accent to be something different. Because first of all, he didn't really speak English. Yeah. This is only the second movie he did. He did in, in English, in and the English. first one was um, not Conan, Tarzan, or some shit. Yeah, yeah. where he had very little speaking rules. <laughs> but like he, he just learned how to speak English. Like it wasn't a. It's not a language so he really spoke. He was probably speaking the lines. That I had no idea what he was saying. But anyway, <laughs> but the accent was supposed to be like he had been from all over the world. So lots of places is what that accent would be. Um, so it's really just. Yeah, that. For some reason, Officer Garfield asks him about his sexual orientation and then punches him. And he asks if he's looking for a date. Connor asks at that point, am I being charged or anything? No, but we're not done here. And he's like, oh yeah, we are. And he, go- he fucking walks out. 
Well, no. First he gets... Okay. He gets in a fight. Like a physical altercation with the police. And then he says, am I arrested? And they said no. And he goes, I'm out. Like, even if he wasn't arrested before, he did attack a cop. Well, they, they, the cop attacked him first. I'm just saying. Well, yeah. that, that's what's called a fight. Mutual I know. combat. And, you know, if, if he, the cop hits you first and you're like, oh, we're going to hold him for hitting a cop. Well, how'd that happen? Well, the cop hit him. All right, so then it's self-defense. I know, but you don't just stand there and get punched by the police. I don't know. In the eighties, you might. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that's always been bad. All right, and we cut to Kurgan, um, who puts on some Queen, like you do, because you know that's something else. Yeah, like you do when you you know you drive around the Big Apple. And he checks into a shitty hotel and goes to room. Shitty hotel. A really shitty hotel where the guy says he's going to eat twenty. He pulls out a big old stack of cash. Flips him twenty. He's like, "Hey, anything else, girls? Blow. Let me know. Just dial O." <laughs> and he goes into his room and he assembles his sword. Now, I watched a YouTube video recently mm-hmm. on this, and that sword would not hold it. No, I know. <laughs> not even like you would swing that thing yeah. and half the blade would go flying off. That's exactly <laughs> That's what, what I said to Carly because I was like, "Man, I really love this sword, but it's so impractically yeah. full of shit." <laughs> I mean, at least you think maybe he put like a it pin just, in it or something. He just <laughs> looks badass. He just much snaps like it together, like all right, we're good. And then he's swinging it around yeah. like, yeah, no, fucking handle would have fell off. And <laughs> but anyway, um, it does look cool though. So Kurgan says, "At last, the gathering." And then a girl walks in. Hi, I'm Candy. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> The Kurgan's voice is very gravelly, and he also has a very terrible scar across his throat. But we'll get to that. And I'm guessing they did the old hibbity-dibbity. I don't know. She saw his broadsword? I don't think they did. Because later on, the desk guy says, I thought candy would be to your liking. No, but then he kinky. says she. He says she said you were kinky, and that's oh. when he says, "Don't ever talk to me again." Um, mm-hmm. No, he had the subtitles on her. I would have not gotten that. Well, she just saw a dude with a sword. Maybe I don't know. I didn't think they had. She saw a tallywhacker too. I didn't. But think he's all did. dressed in leather, and he's got a sword, and she got some quickening. She, they <laughs> yeah, might have had did. a little dominatrix esque. All know. right. So knock on the door, and it's forensics who gives um, pieces of the metal. Of Connor's sword when he had cut off Fazil's head, he is Which sword. is like what? Yeah. It, well, I can, it I can see metal shavings in I the wound. I see you could get it out of the wall mm-hmm. or the the column, but they they pulled metal shavings from his body where he cut his head off. Right. Like, well, no, because it the bone. I don't know about that, chief. Well, it hit. He hit the concrete pillar with it, and it went into the pillar, which could have caused like yes, somewhere in the pillar. But then once he pulled it out, he then used it to cut off Fazil's head. So if there was like pieces that weren't really attached when he oh. pulled it out. Mm-hmm. Like a little bit of dust. Mm-hmm. And I guess it could have gotten caught We're on his spine. So I Brenda looks at that. I, I was trying not to think too hard. Brenda looks <laughs> at the at the at the shards and the analyz- analyzation comes back. She goes, That can't be right. Um, and we cut to Connor who's at the back of Madison Square Garden and he's retrieving his sword. And it's amazing. It's just amazing that Brenda shows up at the exact same fucking time. Mm-hmm. And we see that she finds a piece of Connor's sword that broke off during the fight in the column. She pulls it out because she knows exactly where to look from where sword would have done, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And the first time she was there, she found the other sword. And she, I guess, is thought a metal they detector, were going right. to match, and they don't. And so she, now she knows there's another sword. And she is a metal detector from what we gather. Yeah. From mm-hmm. this, you know. And she brings a metal detector so she can find yeah. <laughs> All right, we cut to the bar where Brenda has stopped for a, a little... Uh, so they sell a little quick drink. Well, sh- Connor is there, and he has to hide from her. 
And then he makes some noise, and she's like, who's there? And then runs no, no, away. No, wait, there's more to it than that. But and that's what happens at Madison running, Square Garden. And I thought she was going to chase that. I was like, is she running away or is she no, chasing No, she me? ran away, which she is what away. you fucking do. Yeah, it's I know. the smartest thing that happens in this whole movie. I thought she was going to chase him. I was like, are we fucking serious? But no, she but didn't. She, means she goes to the bar to calm her nerves. Yeah, but Connor follows her. Mm-hmm. And Connor just randomly says, been to the garden lately? She goes, what? You know, Madison Square Garden. Which... I bet they're pretty close to the garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wasn't asking about which garden or what garden. First of all, it's New York. The garden is only just that one place. But she might not have heard him. She said it was like, because she didn't believe that he said it. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, she frequents this bar. because It was really her. weird and awkward. It was, but they have a nice little meet cute. And it doesn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> Tony and I are both like, oh, no. nice little meet cute. It's, it's a meet. But it ain't cute. Well, she, she thinks it's a meat rape. <laughs> so. well, he, and he's just fucking with her. Yeah. All right, so he's like, home. I don't care about you, lady. I'm 8 million years old. He's 400. Give or take. He's 400 years old. That's what I think give or take. 8, <laughs> 8 million, 400. Anyway, so Connor leaves and we see... After the first century, does it really matter? Brenda is following him. Mm-hmm. Connor grabs Brenda and tells her to be he quiet. Hides, he hides, like, in a little well, alcove. Well, he, he feels the Kurgan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. <laughs> no, that's <And> candy. The, <laughs> the Kurgan pops out of nowhere and attacks them. He fights off the Kurgan without a sword for a while. But the Kurgan gets the upper hand. And for no reason at all, the Kurgan takes his attention off of Connor and goes after Brenda. Just then, the police show up. Because we're about 15, 20 minutes into this movie. We cannot have the main no, fight no. yet. No. no. Yes. They managed to fight their way to a rooftop, question mark? No. Because a helicopter comes up? No, they're on, I thought they were just in an alley. Yeah, they're in an but alley. But it looked like they were on top of something when the helicopter came up. No, mm-hmm. I didn't get or, that. It was weird because the shots it, very strange. It's one of those things in movies, another weird trope where helicopters lose people. And I'm like, yeah, they're like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're pretty good at finding people. Once they get you, like, well, the Kurgan runs one way and Connor runs the other, and the. You, the people in the helicopter are like, stop, hey, you, don't run away, stop. And, and Connor runs like it half a really block, funny. and he's like, that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of people in white trench coats. And, and, and I love how in the helicopters are like, don't move. People always run. Of course you would. They're not going out after you. Yeah. <laughs> but they are going to follow you because I guarantee yeah. you cannot run faster than the helicopter. I've watched cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen that, them, them follow the runner for like but 20 he minutes. Told, Connor tells Brenda to fuck off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you value says, your life, she called you Highlander. What did that mean? And there can be only one. Only one what? He tells her, beat it. He's like, look, it's none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you following me? Get away. Yeah. So flashback to Connor's cousins, and they're wondering how he's still alive. That lady who wanted his, bro- you know, the old um, Sazich earlier. Ooh. He says, he's got the devil in him. He's in league with Lucifer. Mm. She turned on a so dime. So we, mm-hmm. we figure out that it's the next day after they thought he was going right. to die. They gave him his last rites last night. And he's up moving And around. today he walks into the bar to have a drink with his friends. Well, because what happened was is he died. Yes. <laughs> but then he came back. Connor McLeod was my kinsman. I don't know who you are. And these people lose their shit and they want him to be burned. And all of a sudden, they take him into what we like to put in quotation marks, custody. As in, they beat the shit of him and tie him to a fucking piece of wood. And then they stone him. And then they beat him and stone him. But there's one guy that's cool with him. But Angus. Cousin, Angus. Um, yeah, Angus. His, uh, his cousin Angus. Angus is like, keeps trying to say, hey, man, you he's need like, to hey, just go. He's like, hey, he's your cousin. And they're like, no. 
and she's like rallying she, everybody. Burn him! Burn, burn that him. motherfucker! I know. I was like, damn. Yesterday she couldn't live without oh. him. Today, burn him! Burn him! Burn him! Burn him. <laughs> but he's clearly a witch. <laughs> it's clearly die. evil. And what's funny is burning him wouldn't do anything. He that doesn't kill an immortal. The only way to kill an immortal is cut his head off. You know. You gotta wonder about that though, because like most of the ways you could die, yeah, that makes sense that you could come back. But if you were burned, like what? That would suck. How much? How long time? would they leave you? <laughs> or a car accident? Where you get crushed? That would suck. If your head detaches your body, I don't know. I don't know all the rules. I don't know, and they don't have anybody like the. Um, I, I didn't get my Immortals Guide to oh, the Galaxy. It's, it's good. Like the what was? Oh, and I can't remember. The, no, the, I can't remember the name of the movie we did with Bruce Willis and Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep. Death the, the oh, Death the It sounded like they got Bruce Willis, you know, yeah. to fix him up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Connor leaves because the one dude's the like, "Look, we're not burning anybody today." Yeah, and he said, "Can you run?" You're exiled. <laughs> That's yeah, we'll, it. We'll banish him. <laughs> and she's still like, "No, yeah. burn that motherfucker!" And Angus is like, "Get out of here while you still yeah, he's can." Like, can you can you walk? And I'll bloody well walk out of here. <laughs> He's like, if both of my legs are chopped <laughs> off, I'd still get the fuck out. So he's Girl. still in, like, is it the stocks? Is yeah. that what that's called? It's it looks like, it looks kind of like those things that they put on oxen to plow the fields, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they have that they in just, Scotland or whatever. It's what it looks like. Doesn't like, matter. He's just, he's tied up. And so, he just walks away. Yeah, he just gets the fuck out of Dodge. So Connor goes to his apartment, and he has a very kick-ass apartment with secret rooms and yeah. secret rooms and sunken living rooms, which are awesome. I forgot what they're called when they sink the living room like that. It's pretty cool. A sunken living room? A sunken living room. No, it's got a name. A sunken living room. They know, they ha- it has a fucking That's name. all I've ever oh called it. <laughs> it's very popular in the 70s, but anyway. And there's various artifacts from different times in his secret room. Even though I'm not sure it's a secret room in this, but the same apartment in other movies, it's behind a bookcase. Yeah. So it's a secret room. Yeah. Maybe. It will be. This is man cave. In his own apartment, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and in his um, various artifacts, we see Ramirez's hat. Mm-hmm. Is back there, and then I didn't write it down, but I, I remember. Let's well, see, I didn't notice that because I didn't know who Ramirez you didn't know was. Who Ramirez yet. was yet, and we cut to Connor, and he's had it. It's a flashback to old time Scotland. A conversation was. pit. A conversation <laughs> pit. <laughs> was that name doesn't for. sound appealing at all. Sounds like Castlehorn talk. <laughs> it's called a conversation pit. Okay. Conversation. First, pit. I'd rather have a sunken living room. <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> Me too. We're gonna let that go, dear, because we're on a clock. I'm looking. It's just called a sunken living room oh. or sometimes a conversation pit. Okay, that's great. Thank you. We cut back to old time Scotland. And Connor has a new house and a new wife. Heather. Mm-hmm. I wrote down her name because I care about this character. And the other girl had a name. I just don't care. I think it was Kate. <laughs> oh, who knows? She was um, mostly just screechy and waily. Like, yeah. she didn't do anything except well, for her. And, and he is, they are very into each other. He definitely traded up. They are down to bone all the time. And they had just got done doing the old hibbity dibbity, and she says, You could do that to me forever. And he's like, I might be able to. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> just then, Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, chief metallurgistic king of somebody or other of Spain, hops over them. <laughs> On his horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows all about Connor. Connor is in pain right now, but he doesn't know why. That's kept waiting to feel. We are uh, brothers. We're not there yet. I know. Ramirez tells him <laughs> that he's experiencing the quickening. And for some reason, when he meets Ramirez, he has a quickening, mm-hmm. which seems kind of weird because usually you have to kill somebody to have to receive a quickening. Now he yells, we are brothers, which, what do you want? You. <laughs> and he's like, Heather, go in the house. 
She's like, I'm staying with you. Do as I say, woman. Do as I say, woman. Oh Might my be my damn. favorite one. It's <laughs> <laughs> going to be quoted around the house a lot. And <laughs> it will be ignored. <laughs> Just well, like when you put your foot down. Well, well, and we'll I see. laugh at you. But, hey, we'll, you should we'll try back, putting okay. your foot down and then saying, do as I say, woman. You can't resist both. If you do oh it in a Scottish accent, it may help. I might not you recover from my fit of giggles for a long time. Now, here, this is the point in the movie you find out that a Frenchman is playing a Scotsman, and a Scotsman is playing an Egyptian. On the screen, right now. But his name isn't even the littlest bit Egyptian, which always made me sad. He's from Spain. Well, his real name is like Ru Tuck well, or something like that, they tell you. Mm-hmm. In the- well, they keep, he's been alive for a long, long, long time. I know, obviously this is his current name, yeah, yeah. but current I want to hear his actual his- name. It's Ru Tuck, I think. Thank you. They say mm-hmm. in, in the screenplay or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. I forget. I've seen a couple of shit out. Yeah, they cut a lot of shit out. But he does have an Egyptian name. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to, this Highlander's one of those things you have to dig deep to find all the things <laughs> that don't make sense. But there is shit out mm-hmm. there. It's sad when your Egyptian has a better Scottish accent than your Scotsman, though. <laughs> well, one of them's actually well, he's Scottish. been around a lot longer. He probably has more practice with accents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, and we cut the Brenda at the police department. Mm-hmm. And she walks into the homicide room. and She asks Frank, uh, hey, what's going on with the, with the case? And, ah, nothing. Oh, hey, you want to go to lunch? Well, who's buying? I'm buying, sure. And they head out to lunch, and she's like, oh, I forgot my bag. And goes and steals a uh, case file. Which, of course, well, you she would had do. tried to look at it when she went in there. Why would it be classified from her? He she's said forensics. that's confidential. Because she's forensics. I don't, I mean, I don't think forensics would really. I mean, I know on the TV show like CSI, they're all involved in the investigation, but from what I understand, general, forensic people would go, like, gather evidence and be like, all right, fuck you, I'm going to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't even care. Yeah. That's well, I mean. she cares because she wants to find the other sword. Yeah, she wants his sword. I understand that he's being he's playing it close because he wants to catch Nash as mm-hmm. this bad guy, but I don't think he would hide it from her. I think. Um, I think if she, I don't know. I think if she asked, he'd be like, okay, well, it works why? for the plot. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so Connor's sitting in his apartment, sharpening a sword, and we see that he found a copy of Brenda's book, Metallurgy in the Modern Times. Yeah. He might have already had her book. True. He does have an extensive library. Yes, and he has to. He knows and shit about swords. If your sword <laughs> had left learning. so many chunks of it behind it in a garage, I mean, then one of them was like three inches long. Yeah, like, it was like, wouldn't your sword be not okay anymore? <laughs> you would think you would have to patch that up or something. Yeah. So I mean, he knows about swords, and maybe he's. I don't know. It's just an interest of his anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw him when we went back and we met Heather. He was like making horseshoes. Yeah, he used like to be he, a he, was a he can do that yeah. stuff. Well, because back then, if you didn't do it, it didn't get done. But uh, all right, so we cut back to Scotland, and Ramirez is now rowing a boat and trying to teach Connor about balance. <laughs> this is a very karate kid, but this scene is much, much, much cooler. Connor calls him a haggis, and Ramirez wants <laughs> wants to know what a haggis is. Haggis? What's that? It's a sheep's stomach stuffed, stuffed with meat, meat and barley. barley. What do you do with it? You eat it. That's we revolting. <laughs> <laughs> and so they chat, they chat, they chat. And finally, Ramirez throws him in the water because he's being Scared. rude. He's being rude. He's Connor afraid is afraid of the water. And mm-hmm. he keeps saying, he don't, says, don't knock us me. in. Don't knock us Help in. I me. can't swim. I can't swim. Says you, have the, you have the manners of a goat and you smell like a dung heap. And he says, now get out. <laughs> and he fucking flips the boat and makes him fall. And instead of being Miyagi and laughing and putting his feet up, he just sings. He just he just tells him, "You can't drown, you fool! You're immortal!" <laughs> <laughs> and rows away. Yeah, yeah. And that now Connor's down there, and he's like, "Huh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not drowning. 
Well, shit on me. And he pulls his sword out and starts flinging it around like you do. Attacking seaweed or something. And he goes to sneak up on Ramirez. But as soon as he gets out of the water, you can see Marez, Mar- Ramirez, him too, both of them. Mm. They're both just standing there and Ramirez has a look like, mm, gotcha. And he goes to attack him. Just then, he's gone and Ramirez puts the sword to his head like, yeah. Like, crude, look. crude, and slow, clansman. Your yeah. attack was no better than that of a clumsy child. <laughs> that is a direct quote. Yep. It really is. <laughs> He's not even reading these books. <laughs> oh, I know this movie back and forth. <laughs> so yeah, after I said we're gonna do Hounder, Tony's like, "All right, let's go now." <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching. This is one of the few movies that me and my dad watched, and we watched mm. this like all the fucking time. Tony thought you were gonna read the part at the beginning, which he was very excited. <laughs> the opening. Like, he oh. had to get up and let the dog in or something, and we had to pause it so he could hear it. <laughs> well, I, I know it by heart, and I was saying it as I went to let the dog out, and I was like, I should say this during the the uh, podcast, and then I was like, no, because then John will go, you remember the opening to Highlander, but you don't remember your stupid note in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Well, since we've got all that out there, go ahead, do the note. No, no, do go it. Ahead. Do it. Do it. It's uh, from the dawn of time we came, moving silently down through the centuries, living many secret lives, struggling to reach the time of the gathering when the few who remain will battle to the last. No one has ever known we were among you until now. And then boom, Queen blasted. Here blasting. we are. And the copy we watched sucked because it doesn't do that. Really? It yeah. turned on, but it didn't blast. It was really it was like, low. It's supposed to be loud. But dude, every time I've ever watched it, it does that, and then it goes boom, and it blows out the fucking speakers with Queen. And this it just kind of came on. I was like, wow, mm. that was shitty. <laughs> Should have your volume up higher. Yeah. We did. It was still shitty. It just was really low. One of those weird things. I don't know how they do it, but so Connor wants shitty. to know why they are like this. Ramirez says, "Why are there stars in the sky?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does the like, pause attraction work? <laughs> Other it things, just does. I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like in uh, Interview of the Vampire when Louis like, uh, why are we this way? Why are we like this? He's like, I don't know, dude. This is just how it is. Mm-hmm. Why would I he's know? Like, There's got to be a meaning for it. And yeah. Ramirez is like, yeah, I got nothing. No. Well, he's All got... I know is you need to learn how to protect yourself with a sword or you're going to get your fucking head cut off. So mm-hmm. maybe he'll find Mythos and he'll explain it to him because Mythos is the oldest immortal. Is that the wizard? He's not a wizard. Oh. One of them's a wizard. No, he? that's um, Kane. Oh, okay. That's the third one. Is that, he's not is a wizard. That, um, he's a sorcerer. Yeah, excuse me. It's Mayor of Van Peebles. That's right. If you're not, if you're white, you're a wizard. If you're anything else, you're a sorcerer. Right. <laughs> but Mythos is from the TV show, and he's like, he's over. Which 5, one is Mario Van Peebles? He's Kane. Kane. He's the bad guy in the third movie. Okay. All of the I'm bad sorry, guys, I don't remember. All the bad guys in Highlander movies ha- have a K. Like we have Kurgan, and really? Katana, and then Kane, and, and then, then Kel. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> Until then there's the fifth one, the source, and that's just fucking retarded. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, so um, Ramirez tells him, well, we have to fight or you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a training montage. Mm-hmm. And this would have been a lot better to Queen. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. They have so much Queen... And there's a training montage. This is the 80s. Fucking training montages are huge. Mario Van Peebles. That's what I said. I know, but I'm showing you what he looked like because you seem to be having trouble. There you go. <laughs> I don't know who Mario Van Peebles is. I don't. <laughs> Show, Show Carly. Yes. And Jaws 4. The Revenge. No. Neither of which I've seen. Oh, well, we'll be doing them on the podcast. Don't worry. But anyway, so, I mean, they have a rocking out Queen song during a training montage. It would have been great. But no, we get this slow, dramatic music instead. Ramirez tells Connie the Connor the only safe place is on holy ground. No one will violate that law. It's tradition. 
Well, if it's a law, you don't have to worry about it being violated. And it doesn't need to be tradition. But it's more of a guideline. We learn that later. But Ramirez won't we be We don't learn that, that later. <laughs> don't to put in stuff from movies that haven't ha- that are not this movie. You'll confuse people who are like Carly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's That's canon. True. But we don't know that in this movie. See, All the only information that is canon is information we are given in this movie. Because this is the only this is the first one, and none of that other stuff matters yet. Because they always retcon stuff in other movies. So my question is, are there a list of acceptable religions that they take for um, Holy Land? I think they must be able to I mean, feel what it. if it's something new? What if, like, what if you're a Satanist? Maybe it's only their holy ground. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think it's mm. something they can feel. Anyway, there's a foot race at some point, <laughs> And Ramirez tells him, feel the stag. And starts to like huff like a, like a deer. Yeah. And this isn't the the coolest foot race that we see from two guys in the '80s. That was Rocky Three. Although I do I do bet uh, old Connery wishes he could run like that now. You know. Yeah. <laughs> some pretty hard working for Connery. They, they back were then. they were some spry gentlemen. Yeah. And instead of like running in the water and celebrating, these fuckers fly off a cliff. Yeah. Literally just jump off a cliff. Why? Because they're immortal. Ha <laughs> <laughs> They're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Elaine's favorite line. This is where he tells about like Kurgan. Hmm? Well, about he Kurgan? T- Not yet. Oh, okay. All right. Cut to Scottish Town, um, where Heather is there, and she's buying a chicken. And mm-hmm. there's some crappy boxing matches going on, but they might not know what that is yet. Yeah, that's a little weird. Connor is told that they cannot have children. He's like, mm-hmm. well, he- this is not going to please Heather. No. <laughs> um, Heather runs off to make dinner. But not before she gets her ass touched by some kids, and she calls them little devils. Hmm. Which, you know, a little sexual assault back in the 1500s is okay, yeah. I guess. Um, dip, 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 dip. Then Connor tells, then Ramirez tells Connor, and he's over 2,000 years old, and he's had three wives. The last one was a Japanese princess, Shikiko, Shikiku, Shikiku. Um, whose father made this sword because it's one of a kind, just like his daughter. His father was Masamuni, which is amazing. And he was like a big time sword maker. The greatest swords maker ever mm-hmm. in history and in like fiction. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of those names that pops up a lot. Yeah. Because if, if you're into that kind of thing, I just learned that. But anyway, so. And supposedly the sword is crap. Like in real life, mm-hmm. they said that they. They didn't have the dragon set at first. Yeah, they had to screw it on. <laughs> they had to screw it on, and they said yeah. that it just kept breaking off like all the mm-hmm. time. I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> And you got to think about the time that he was living in Japan. They would have killed him for being on Japanese shores. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ram- they had an instant kill. But yeah. Ramirez tells Connor how Kiku, Shikiku's death almost Shikaku. destroyed him, and that he should leave Heather now. Yeah, yeah, I'll spare you that pain. And he's like, "Well, I don't want to do that." And here's my question: Is okay? Well, if you stay with her, it's going to be big pain. Well, if I leave now, it's going to be big fucking pain. So either way, I'd like to have the memories. And Heather hears this. Some of this talk. Mm-hmm. She catches some of this conversation. She's like, what? <laughs> and now we cut back to Casa McLeod. This is where they discuss the Kurgan. Mm. Um, about how tough he is and yada, yada, yada. Because he- if he wins, then the human race is going to know misery. Mm-hmm. He's so- from, they're from the slats of Russia, and for fun, they throw kids in the pits with angry dogs to fight for meat. He is the strongest of all the immortals in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not because Connor beats him in the end. Spoiler. Spoiler. 
Jesus, I haven't but, seen this yet. But, and I have in mind, I was Jacob <laughs> Kelsey and Pretty Powerful, and Kane was the master of illusion, so... <laughs> Kane's a cheater, though. Anyway. But they just kind of pretended that the end of this movie did not happen in later movies, so... No, they do explain it kind of, how they're like, oh, that wasn't the gathering. Because they say this is the gathering where the last of the mortals like, that wasn't the gathering. Just a bunch of mortals got to, just happened to be there, and they fought, and there was only one left in the area. Highlander's one of those things, it's a great story... But it does not lend to sequels very well. Mm-hmm. That's they just why the series, ignore it. series is just kind of like, anyway, this is Highlander. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there, there's I'm, no nobody knows what's going on, so nobody can explain actually what the rules are. There's not a lot of expansion mm-hmm. for the story. It's kind of just a, and it's one of those things where Hollywood's like, no, 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 we have to make more of these, and they're like, nah, yeah, I it guess. works better as a serial TV show when Duncan kept running into other immortals, yeah. and mm-hmm. some of them tried to kill him, and some of them were his friends, yeah. and they have like big time rock stars in that show all the time. But it, you know, it was a good show. It really worked better that way. But this was a lot like Star Wars, where they made one, and they're like, we're making more of these, and he's like, but you well, can't, shit. But yeah. you can't <laughs> talk about those other movies because the. They have to ignore the end of this movie to even be there. So no, they, just, I just told you that's how they explain it. They said that wasn't the gathering. Mm-hmm. That was just. But it clearly was, though. It wasn't. <laughs> well, he knew everything. Well, it was everything. And if you pay attention, like when you kill the sorcerer, you get his power. His power mm-hmm. was the master of illusion. So if you kill an immortal, you absorb things. Just like in the TV show, if you absorb a dark quickening from a bat. They don't understand, Tony. I understand. I just oh, feel like you shouldn't him. keep bringing up stuff that hasn't happened. But it it's canon perta- and it helps. But it doesn't pertain to this movie. Everything does. It doesn't. Because mm-hmm. it makes the this movie have more plot holes, not less. All right. So anyway. <laughs> Where am I now? So the Kurgan know. shows up. I lost track. So, uh, so they talk about the Kurgan. So yeah. Connor, Connor's upset and he leaves. Mm-hmm. And... They're hanging out, having a few drinks, yada, yada, yada. Kurgan smashes the fucking front door open like he's Kool-Aid man. And he's like, <laughs> he's like oh, <laughs> he yeah. really does act like the Kool-Aid oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you need a Slim Jim. It could snap <laughs> some, some excitement. And he's looking for uh, Connor, but he finds Ramirez. Yeah. And Ramirez says, it's too late. I prepared him for you. I prepared you. him for you. And they have a really nice big house. It's made of stone. Yeah. It was. It's like tall and skinny. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't a very nice big no, house, though, because it was filled with moss and it looked old and weathered. Like, I don't think this was a well put together house to begin with. Well, that's not going to be an issue here in about a minute. So, <laughs> the Kurgan walks around. He's hitting the walls with his sword. And then it's exploding. And it's just, yeah, it's just knocking big <laughs> yeah. fucking holes in there. And like, um, okay. And Heather's at the bottom screaming. He's like, get out, get out. And she's just, ah! Yeah. I hate that Schrober. It's like, why would she not run? Anybody would run. She would like, have no. run. You could have left through any of the seven holes that he <laughs> <laughs> so, Or throw giant rocks at his head. You know, something. But, but Ramirez, she never leaves. Standing there Ramirez gets a good shot and cuts the Kurgan right in the throat. Ooh. That's how he has that scar, you see. And his, his voice there. gets all fucked mm-hmm. up. And his voice gets fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he says, uh, my cut has improved your, your voice. <laughs> <laughs> and they fight, 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 fight. But then Kurgan stabs him. Ooh, and he says, there could be only one, but it's not you, you Mr. Bond. And cuts his head off. Ugh. Tonight you sleep in hell. And then he cuts his fucking head off. And then, then lightning hits the, <laughs> the stairs and he falls anyway. So. so, yeah, the fight, they had gone up the stairs and it was <laughs> and stairs. there's no nowhere. house left. It's just the staircase. Yeah. But, and the lightning comes during the quickening. <laughs> Kurgan's like, whoa! Which shit. is kind of funny. <laughs> but then Heather mm-hmm. is Heather's an idiot. Yeah. And she's like... On him. Did he die? And she and goes she, to check on him. And he says, hello, my pretty. He grabs her by the throat. 
Mm-hmm. Turns and into then a we castle cut away. No, there's no more castle left. No, yeah. that's true. She's just a staircase more of a key whore. whore. Oh, that's so anyway, fucking mean. We cut away. Well, we don't just, know he what does happens terrible t- Well, we know he rapes her. He does yes. terrible things to we her. Know because we find that out later. Well, even if we never found that out, we all knew he raped her. <laughs> it's the Kurgan. And, and it's 1536. Yeah. And, we, a, yeah. and we already know he's kinky. That's true. We do yeah. know he's kinky. We have put all this together. <laughs> <laughs> we put together the evil clue. Kinky. <laughs> evil kinky. Rape was probably abundant back then. Yeah. So it doesn't look good for Heather, is all we're saying. <laughs> She should have left. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Heather should have went through one of the seventeen holes in her house. She, she probably got could have gotten pretty far. Yeah. During the fight. You During the are, fight when he fell. Yeah. <laughs> like that probably did not mm-hmm. feel good. You had to oh fuck recover yeah. a little bit. You guys are still fighting after this on mobile. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So we cut to Connor who's at uh, who's at his office, and Brenda's there, and she's trying to get in touch with him. But Rachel doesn't want to tell him who it is, like on the phone. Headers. And she asks about a seven-foot Russian and a 600-year-old Japanese sword. Um, no, this wasn't my phone. I'm fucking it all up. She's there the in office. person. Yeah, she's at... And Rachel is his... Is his secretary. Rachel is... Rachel is his kid. Not, sort of. We don't know. We don't adopted. Know. We adopted kid. She's the assistant at his office, and Brenda's there trying to look for him, and he comes out of the door, and he's now, like, hey... did your version show where she comes from? Yes. Okay, that's the extended version. That I had not seen a bunch of times. I've only seen like once, uh, one other time before. Oh, a right. normal one mm-hmm. does doesn't have Vassir doing those backflips, and it mm-hmm. doesn't have the whole World War Two scene. Right. There's like a couple little scenes that aren't in it. So, well, lucky for us, the next scene is uh, it's nighttime. Connor's talking to Rachel, and we get a flashback to WW two, mm. mm-hmm. and we see Connor saved Rachel from the Nazis. I fucking hate Nazis. Mm. Rose assholes in movies. I hear they're assholes in real life too. Well. Anyway. Depends on where you're from, I guess. And we see that um, Connor finds Rachel and says, where are your parents? Everybody's dead. Yeah. And he's like, okay. He's like, how are you alive? It's a kind of magic. Just a kind of magic. She's like seven or eight, probably. Yeah. She's a little girl, but, and I don't think they really say where it is, but we know it's World War II because there's Nazis. Well, she's speaking English, so I assume it's in England. England? Yeah, it could be. It would make more sense if it was France. So yeah. Connor's there, and he but, and they shoot him, and then he pops up and he grabs a shotgun, and they say something to him. He goes, whatever you say, Jack, you're at the master race. Yeah. And fucking Bloom. plows them all down. <laughs> and then he saves Rachel, and that she becomes his kid, sort mm-hmm. of. And he keeps saying it's a kind of magic to her. Because she's like, how? What? What? But... Now she's known him since she was seven. Yeah, she's she's seven. She knows. He's the same age, and she's older than yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're at Brenda's apartment. And she had agreed to go out on a date with him. Yeah, yeah. Because she, she wanted came to, know. to his work, mm-hmm. she had questions, and, and he's, he's like, like, "How about dinner?" Yeah. She invites he's also him like, "Why do I need to answer your questions? Like, this is none of your business." <laughs> so, well, she really wants to know about the samurai sword because she's like, "You might be a killer that cuts people's heads off. How about we go to my place?" <laughs> and I'm going to just turn on my tape recorder because that will save my life. Let yes. me hide it in she a music box. She puts on tape recorder, but first she has a 45 that she loads and puts it in the drawer next Ooh. to the tape recorder. She also hides the tape recorder inside a music box, which I would think would muffle all any of the talking. That's just me. Could I don't think. know. I don't know. <laughs> Could just put this it under very, a sweater. This was a very high-tech tape recorder. <laughs> yeah. For 1986. It had fast-forward and revive. <laughs> 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 all right. So, <coughs> knock on the door, Connor's there, and he has a book. 
Well, no, he, he has a, a gift. gift. He has a gift and what clearly looks like a bottle oh, of wine. wine yeah. Tony goes, wow, she got two presents. <laughs> <laughs> and she has to take his coat and he says, I'm fine. She goes, what? And he goes, I'll hold on to it. All right. You get the not, idea there's not a, a sword sign. in there. There's oh. a sword in there. All right. Well, the Kurgan's in town. You wouldn't leave your house without your sword. Hell no. It's the time of the gathering. Yeah. Or is it? But when a guy comes over to your house for dinner and he won't take yep. his coat over. off. He sees a picture of a Scotsman on her wall and he goes, hmm, and raises his eyebrows. It's like some kind of stylized drawing or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Connor surveys the room and it's just amazing. The first things that he goes for, he finds the tape recorder. <laughs> he says, I like your place, Brenda. She goes, what? So he leans into the tape recorder and says, I like your place. Closes it. And he says, you have an interesting view because he sees the police are outside. Gideon. He finds the Gideon. 45, the tape recorder, and yeah. Gideon. The creepy pawn shop mm-hmm. All right. So he must have been really good at hide and seek back in the day in Scotland. That's Maybe. probably all they had to do. So, All right. So uh, she lies to him about her job. You know, what do you do? She's like, oh, I work for the Met. Yeah, museum curator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he has something from Napoleon's fucking collection or something. He has, I don't think it's wine. It's like brandy or, yeah, it's something. Brandy or something. And It's from 1783. And he says it's a very good year. 1783, Mozart wrote his great music on the and the Magalva brothers went up in their first balloon. United, United Kingdom recognized um, the independence of the United States. Brenda wants to know, what is that? And she points behind her and says, it's a present. Is it for me? She says, yes. Can I open it? If you'd like. It's a present. Go ahead. And she opens it and... She gets mad. She calls him a bastard. She's like, <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. And gotcha. it's her book and it's metallurgy in modern times and whatever. And he calls her off a line and says, it doesn't say anything about you working at the Met. It says you were a consultant for the police department. So Connor tries to leave, but she quickly asks him about the samurai sword from 600 BC because he's be like, like, "Look, you work for the police," and she's like, "But I don't care about that. I want to know about the sword. Is this some kind of trap? Because the bald guy is outside, yeah. and he says you're going to shoot with the 40. You're going to turn off the tape recording and shoot with the 45 with the bald policeman outside. So she turns off the tape recording and everything, and she's like, "Look, I'm not here to talk to you about she's like, the, swords like this shouldn't exist. They didn't begin making swords like this for centuries." And it's like finding Moses' DVD collection or something like that. <laughs> she wants answers. She definitely didn't say DVD collection. No. Because <laughs> something like... Because it was 1986. <laughs> finding a 747 yeah. Kitty Hawk yeah. or something. It was something ridiculous. 500 years stupid. before the Wright brothers yeah. flew or something. Yeah. She wants answers. Connor tells her, F this, he's mobile, and we get him the flashback. <laughs> There's no time for us. This song is infectious. It'll be with you all day. But it is a really good song. But who wants to live forever? Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the perfect song. Like, before, earlier they blew it. It's a training montage, but they yeah. nailed it here. Yeah. Well, they nailed it in the beginning, too. Princess of the Universe is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there was only one way to go. Are you going to tell them what's happening? Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> Heather, Heather and Connor's life is being chronicled. And it's very sad and very well done. Um, you see them together, and she's getting older, but he is not. Um, he dies. She dies. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, do me a favor, Connor. Light, light, my birthday, light a candle for me. Remember me? And he says, I blossom. And he takes the McLeod sword and uses it as a headstone for her. For his Bonnie Heather. For his love. And that sword stays there until someone finds it, and Duncan Stein puts it on the wall to pop. Because it's in the TV show. But Elena's won't talk about that. Um, 
And we cut back to modern times and Castigier's on a bridge. And he sees Connor. And they both reach inside their, their jackets or what have you. Like they're going to pull swords. Connor pulls out his hand and like waves at him. And Castigier pulls out a flask. <laughs> it's just this dude on a bridge. We don't know who he is at first. He's like, well, he says, it's the time of the gathering. <laughs> well, first he says Castigier. He says Connor. Uh, no, Connor tells Castigier. Feels like it's been 100 years. Castigier says, it's been 100 years. <laughs> huh. They have a... And they have a drink together. And he, he asks him, would you like a, a sip of the flask? And he's like, what is it? And he smells it and he goes, ah, big strong man like you wouldn't be afraid of no boom boom. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck boom boom is. <laughs> Scared unless you're afraid I'm going to poison you. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the scene in Avengers with Stan Lee. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Thor's got the, 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 it was something from the yeah, barrels of, and it's not made for mortal man. He's yeah. like, neither was Normandy Beach, Blondie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's something like that. Yeah. Um... And they flash back to 1783 where we find out Connor had a famous duel while he was drunk. <laughs> and we see that, and he gets stabbed several times. And every time, you know, he's having a duel because, you know, he's insulted someone. Uh-huh. Boom, someone had to go. He I called see. the gentleman's wife a, a bloated, bloated warthog. Bloated warthog. <laughs> yeah. They're so just they, reminiscing while they drink about yeah. the good and, times. And during the scene, <laughs> this guy stabs Connor like 18 fucking times. And Connor keeps like, oh, I'm falling over. I'm getting right back up. And then finally, last time, he's like, stop. I beseech you. I apologize for calling your wife a bloated warthog and bid you good day. And then walks away. And the guy's ward, I guess. Yeah. Valet or sure. servant like, man. Like, that dude has Sir, a thing for shoot him. him. Shoot him. <laughs> and gives him a gun. And the guy's like, no, and shoots his ward like in the yeah. ass. It's and we're weird. Back to, yeah. Well, his ward was. It was, was a very entertaining scene. I'm sure that's not his ward. I'm sure that was his manservant. Yeah. Whatever. But that dude was a little creepy and weird. Well, he got shot in the ass. Yeah. Which and he back, probably died from. Yeah. <laughs> Which probably back then. Because bulls there were slower too, so they did a lot of damage. Yeah. Probably tore his ass off. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we're back to present time, and Kurgan walks out of his hotel room, and the clerk asks him if he liked candy. <laughs> says he was kind of kinky. Kurgan attacks him and says, Don't ever speak to me. And the clerk gets fucked, freaked out because he grabbed him by the throat. And he starts yelling at another guy who's just sitting there. He's like, Shut up! <laughs> and Kurgan walks out and he goes, I hope someone chops your head off. That's amazing. Yeah. That's just amazing. How would he do that? Mm-hmm. All well, right. because they all know in the news about the guy that got his head chopped oh, off by the true. killer. That's very true. Yeah. There well, has been a decapitation. And then for no reason whatsoever, we have true. a guy in a really cool Trans Am driving oh, yeah. around with a shitload of guns. Mm-hmm. Like you do in the there 80s. What was the second one? There was the first one that happens before the movie that the police are investigating. Uh-huh. And then there's the one that happens at the wrestling match. Because he says, did you get out to New Jersey? There was a decapitation out there. Your buddy was fighting, blah, blah, blah. He's like, that wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. I I missed that completely. Oh, well. There you go. I thought they said that the dude who fought him in the beginning, who lost his head, was from New Jersey. No. Have no. you ever been to New Jersey? No, the, he killed somebody before that. And oh. then Connor and him fight. Okay, I missed that. Fasil apparently sure. killed somebody in New Jersey. Yeah. Or the what, a, what a place to go. Yeah. The garden. Or maybe it was Castigier that killed somebody in New Jersey. Who knows? Or maybe, yeah. It could somebody. Been, yeah, it's going to be somebody else you don't even know. Or Kurgan. 
Probably Kurt. No, well, mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. It's like how many licks to take to get the middle of a Tootsie Roll. Oh, you'll never know. Three. Mr. Owl found that out in the 70s. Anyway, so get the prequel going. So we have a vigilante driving around. Must be laundry day for old Batman. Kurgan and Castagir are in a an alley and they're fighting and we'll call him Natman <laughs> talks himself up into going there and intervening why he's very Punisher-esque yes and he's got a t-shirt on that says hey Moscow with like a, a bullseye on it yeah. and he must know that the Kurgan here is from Russia where the well not really wasn't Russia when he was there no but no. the area that later becomes Russia so no he's just some nut job so, who alright this is for real Go, 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 go! Yeah. I don't know. He's just a nut job. And the Kurgan wins. He kills Castigir. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. I was sad. No I more liked Castigir. <laughs> he was a fun character. And the nut job. He's then. only in two scenes. He's like, damn. All right, and the nut job comes up, and he shoots the Kurgan in the chest with a fully automatic <laughs> weapon in New York City in 1986. A lot. And thought it would be okay. This man well, he th- he obviously found the decapitation killer. Clearly, mm-hmm. um, and well, yeah. After he looks it like he kills the shit out of the Kurgan, be okay because the Kurgan doesn't die. <laughs> so as he comes Not in to okay, make sure he's though. dead, the Kurgan takes his sword, stabs the vigilante in the stomach, and then lifts him up. Oof! And is about to finish him off, but doesn't. Mm-hmm. Pulls the sword out and he runs into the alley where people are screaming, going crazy. And he so, gets to quickening. Because they're dumb and they didn't run when they saw mm-hmm. that dude get attacked. And he gets his quickening from the casting you're killed. Mm-hmm. And then he's there, and how would you blend in? You would take your big broadsword and cut the fucking top of a goddamn car off, jump <laughs> the guy out of the car, jump in, and kidnap a lady. <laughs> oh, come on. He says, Hi, Mom. <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> And the best part, or the worst part, depending on your 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 is point that of view, she didn't get out of the car. No, is that as the guys drive, as Curtis drive away, the guy goes, "Hey, my car." I yeah. know. I was like, "What about the woman?" <laughs> that was funny. He leaves his wife from there. If that was me, I'd be hanging on the back, like, "Oh no, not my yelling, car!" I'd be yelling, "Elaine, get out of the goddamn car!" <laughs> I would have shot out of there. Ah! I would have got out of the car before the Kurgan had shut that door. I would have too. In fact, there's no top. I would have jumped out. <laughs> Right. Why that so, lady just sat there and then somehow tries to get out, ends up on the roof and the, or on the hood? Hood, yeah. And we never find out what happens to this woman. And we hope that she doesn't get the Heather treatment. I don't know. I think she died because the police say there were no witnesses. Yikes. And I think that if I had done that, I would have been a witness. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Nope. So we cut the um, the vigilante being questioned by the same detectives who are investigating Nash. We have a uh, lieutenant and um because he didn't die yeah. amazingly. Uh-huh. He got stabbed in the stomach yeah. and lifted up in the air. He's got the devil in him and then thrown <laughs> off a sword. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he he lived. And they hand him a picture of Nash and say, "Is this the guy that did it?" He goes, "No." <laughs> wow. And they're like, "No, no. Look at the picture. <laughs> That's your guy." And he's like, "No, it's oh, not." <laughs> it's like the guy, and he describes him look like a big giant fucking Kurgan. <laughs> and he had a giant fucking slice across his neck. He definitely did not. He's look like, like, I'll I'm never so forget it. And they're like, damn, it's not Nash. Ah, we fucked that one. Like, all. it has to be this guy. He's our only suspect. Like, we're not even looking at anybody else. <laughs> all right. So they get a. They tell him, okay, if it's not Nash, that's fine. But we're gonna have a police sketch artist come in and you describe it to him. He's like, yeah, I'll do that. That's fine. Is that sure? But he's like, before you go, and then he tells him the magic weird the shit. Quickening. Yeah. 
Mm. Which then you'd think they'd be like, well, who can trust this guy's yeah. account? Because this obviously guy's- it was obviously this guy's on cocaine and it was in it was Nash. Yeah. Or well, LSD probably. Not cocaine. But they BCP. still do the sketch. Well, bug of sugar. <laughs> All right. So Brenda's researching is uh researching Nash and finds that the doctor who delivered Nash and he goes to she goes to learn to talk to him. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So and we find out this is upstate. He remembers Bucky. it too. This is upstate New York. Where I he remembers. know where to even begin trying to figure out what doctor delivered me. Without Google, <laughs> I know, right? And without Google of all things. I actually know the doctor delivered me, but he died. It's on your birth certificate. My mom was born. It is on your birth certificate. I was born at a naval hospital. Because they have to sign it. <laughs> I was born in DePaul. Go ahead and look for that dude. <laughs> I still, I don't know the name of my the doctor who gave birth to me, but I do know the name of my childhood pediatrician though. That's great. Because he's he was Indian and his name was Doctor Kadadade, which is just such a fun name. The doctor who did my ear tubes and my tonsillectomy was Doctor Afifi, also Indian. <laughs> I will always remember that. Can we stop talking about your Indian doctors and get back to the oh, Come on, I love Doctor Kadadade. Get out Actually, of when I went to the doctor at Christmas, Kadadade. Do I, I think I was there with Aaron. Uh, and they were talking about a doctor, and I don't know how it came up, but I mentioned Dr. Afifi, and the doctor was like, I rec- I just referred somebody to him last week. I was like, there's no way that's the same guy. <laughs> and she was like, how many Dr. Afifis do you think there are in Norfolk? <laughs> You're, I mean, so anyway, the same guy. So anyway, Dr. Afifi <laughs> tell, tells Brenda that he remembers this because she was a single mother. And, and you don't get she many died. of those back then. And she died. And he go- and she says, so he was an orphan? And he goes, yeah, he was an orphan for all about 16 fucking seconds. Because he died, too. Because he died, too. And she's and like, I he died? This. Well, if you're a small-town doctor, though, you might remember the one the right, so mother that died. he was Doc fucking Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, but if you don't get that many patients that die, it could be memorable. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And then all of a sudden, she does more research and finds out that the original owner of his apartment was named Montague. <gasps> Lord Montague, if you will. I won't. <laughs> and we see that every few years somebody dies and leaves all of their worldly belongings to the next to dead few, babies like every few decades yeah. not years <laughs> it's like every 30 or 40 years I'm sure he throws it off every now and again and we see that it always goes to a dead baby Brenda says this is not possible no, it's not probable. Yeah. You know, we see the most amazing piece of technology in this entire movie. <laughs> like, the guy, all, all the, the research guy that does, the research guy that does this takes the signatures from the deeds or wills or whatever, and then he uses some kind of program to just pick out individual letters to spell out it's, Russell Nash, and then he puts that Russell Nash over the Russell Nash signature that they have, identical. and it's yeah. identical, which is not how signatures work at all. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's like, terrible. It's like watching Hackers. I don't know what was more impressive, that they thought we think this is a real program, or what they actually had to program to make that work. <laughs> for the like, wow, that's kind of crazy. It's ridiculous. it's on a green screen. That's how old mm-hmm. it is. Because when you do these computer things, it's it's... Dad. It's yeah. amazing that someone was able to do that. Yeah. That probably took... In 1986. Well, because so that might have been $50,000 right <laughs> Because then. how do you get those signatures onto the screen? They would have had a scan. With what? They didn't have scanners in 84? Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. um, at best they had, we were scanning these recently. So, they had the papers from fucking 17 whenever. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Zero Cool helped them. Maybe. Why would they have kept the fucking... Mortgage documents from the, 18- from the 1800s. Like, I'm I sure that know. guy's dead and that mortgage is fake. I, I have no yeah. idea, babe. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. It's amazing. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway, so we cut to Connor. 
who's at a church and he lights a candle. Must be Heather's birthday. It is. And he asks Ramirez to take care of his young his his wife. Aww. You overdressed haggis. Mm. Evidently, there was a real bromance between Sean Connery and um, Christopher time, Lambert. They're time buddies. They well, got, we don't exactly know how much time they were together either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could have been a week. It could have been a year. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> well, there was Connery. Not Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery was only on set for like two weeks. Yes, yeah. no, but the, they no, don't tell us no, how no, long I'm talking the about training the actual montage actors took. Along really well. I'm, uh, but and I know what you mean. Anyway, so I'm trying to talk about a movie. Over and over, I keep trying to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah, remember when uh, Doctor Da 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 came to the movie? Da Da Da. All right, so Kurgan walks in, and he puts out the candle. Stop it! <laughs> he started it. No, you did with Doctor Da Do today. <laughs> Say correctly, it's Kurgan. Manamana. Please stop. <laughs> You're doing the do-do-do's. I have to do the monomena. Every time I try to take a drink, you do that. you're the one doing it. Look, I just... <laughs> really? You want to talk about a movie? Yeah. What movie do you want to talk about? The Muppets? Sure. <laughs> keep talking. I just think it's really funny that... Um, he's yeah, why don't you take longer to talk about some bullshit? All right, so Kurgan's there, and he tells Connor that Castigier is gone. They're the only ones that remain in... This is my ringtone on my phone. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that seemed like an important thing to do right now. It was funny. It wasn't. So Sean Connery was on this movie for a week, week and a half, and made a million dollars. Yeah, that's okay. Of a sixteen million dollars. But he also budget. had to do the voiceover in his bathroom. Well, so you know that well, covers good with the bad. I, guess. I mean, it's not. It's 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 more impressive than Ice Tea and Tank Girl. But I mean, <laughs> what can you do? It's pretty good. Good work if you can get it. So now we're down to two. Kurgan. And how? And he talks about Ramirez and how. Kurgan comes in the church. Kurgan comes in and says he raped his woman before his body was cold. And Kurgan realizes, oh. It was Connor's woman. She was yours. He <laughs> Ramirez was in a she never, she never told you. I think I gave her something that you never did. He's like, oh, this infuriates Connor <laughs> like you would expect. And wouldn't you know, here's where we find out that fighting on holy ground is really more of a guideline. Because he goes and grabs him by the fucking throat. Yeah, but he just and grabs him by the throat. He doesn't try to take his head. He was about to. And he's like, holy ground. <laughs> no fighting. So Connor says, I'll be outside. And Kurt says, uh, they'll fight soon enough. And he stays. Connor says, you can't hide in here forever. <laughs> like, damn, Connor's wants to fuck this dude up, man. Well, he just found out he raped no, his wife. Mm-hmm. Kurgan leaves. I mean, Kurgan is, uh, stays and Connor leaves. Kirkman also has gotten a makeover because he had to go. He's yeah. in disguise because there's a picture of his likeness. So he's shaved 99% of his head. Not <laughs> all of it. And so like safety a lot clips of... and put them on his scarf. <laughs> he just And he has a dra- a really shitty dragon tattoo, tattoo on the side of his head. His head looks really weird. Like, he's not a gentleman that well, looks good bald. No. You can tell that that is a bald wig. Because you yeah. can see, like, it yeah. puffs up from where his hair is. Yeah, it, this is a very terrible skull cap. It's not a good look for money Clancy Brown. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was looking good, and now he's looking real bad and crazy. He says, mm-hmm. I am in disguise. Because I guess they're all looking for him now. And Kurgan's there, and he's being kind of obnoxious. Even though that drawing looked nothing like Clancy Brown. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And, um, but that scar's hard the, to The priest yeah. asks Kurgan to leave, and he says, people are trying to pray. He's like, why? Because he's being loud <laughs> yeah. and obnoxious. And then he sits up and says, I'm a worm. Forgive me, Father, but I'm a worm. 
And then he turns and yells, it's better to burn out than fade away. And then goes, yeah! Rah! It's like, what? But I never he, understood why he did that. When he talks to Apparently the priest that was dude, by he, he goes to kiss his hand and licks it. Yeah, he licks it. <laughs> I was like, whoa! <laughs> what's funny is about that line is Kurt Cobain wrote that in his suicide note. Really? Yeah. Mm. Do you think you got it from Highlander? Is this the first time that that's been used? I only know it from those no, two things. No, it's, it's from, I, I saw on the trivia or something, it's from some song. Because like, I thought it was no, a song. No, it's before, I don't know the fuck that it, maybe Beatles or something, but it's a song before this that Clancy got it from. Mm. It's a good quote. Yeah. All right, so Brenda is looking for Nash, um, who tells Rachel that Nash is dead. That doesn't make sense, but sure. No, because uh, she says, I'm looking for Nash, and he's and Rachel's like, I'm not here. And oh, yeah. she's like, well, he's dead. Yeah, that's why. That's And true. so Connor comes out and is like, I'll talk to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Connor shows up and tells Brenda everything because reasons. Yeah. Because at this point, we yeah. got to wrap this movie up. Why didn't he just say, He takes no, her to her secret special, his, mm-hmm. se- his super secret lair. And she's like, are the it's Claymores sunk, real? Sunken living room. Yeah. Mm. Conversation. This conversation pit. <laughs> this conversation pit. <laughs> Anywho, oh, so Brenda is impressed with O'Connor's cool stuff. She's yeah. She's like sees the swords and really, I think she wants to steal them. Because I think this is his like secret stash. Yeah, so this, this is, is his like, stuff that he's collected. Yeah, this is like he's got Napoleon's cup, you know, and fucking, <laughs> and, and you know, uh, Jesus's, you know, throne. The, nail, the nails from Jesus's <laughs> cross yeah, are in there. Where he keeps his really primo shit, and she's like, oh shit, this is like. Like serious. the stuff in this room is worth billions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She all of a sudden doesn't think he's immortal any, and then he takes a knife and makes her stab him. And she's like, And then like, he's okay. Out. And then, and he's so okay. they do so then, the hibbity dibbity. No, <laughs> no, let me do it. So first she stabbed him, and then he's all right, and he stabs her. Oh. <laughs> but Tony goes, because you know what really turns a girl off. <laughs> well, because when you force them to stab you, and then you bleed all over them. <laughs> she stabs him. And then pulls the blade out, and then he 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 pull, he helps her pull the blade out, and he has blood all over his hands, and then he like rubs on her face. <laughs> but because it's the other side of the camera, it looks like it's this nice caress. I was like, you know, he just rubbed blood all over your face, right? Like, I thought Candy was into the kinky stuff. Oh Ugh. man, mm. but then it's on. Yeah, it's on. Like, mm. yeah. Let me go a with lot of see a lot of uh, what's her name? Uh, Brenda. Brenda. Brenda Boob, and a lot of. Uh, Clan McLeod butt. <laughs> well, like, I don't remember there being this much. Yeah. I just do. I do want to point 80s, out man. the sex scenes in the eighties were like long. Yeah. Yeah, and I do want to point out her nipple placement seemed really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had, uh, For yeah. someone who was laying down when you saw those boobs, quite perky. Yeah. yeah you think she had a boob good. double? It was a little cold in there. I don't know. <laughs> her sword wasn't the only. I'm one sure cut. those were her. I think those were her original. Anyway, boobs. so we're at, we cut to the zoo. No, it seemed like in the 80s, if you were a woman in movies, you had to be able to show your boobs. Oh <laughs> they were everywhere. They were in all the movies. Crazy Horse and Neil Young. Better to burn out than fade away. There you go. I was looking through the trivia to find that as well. Now's and instead time. I found Kurt Russell was originally cast as Connor oh, McLeod. No. But he pulled out of the project at the insistence of his girlfriend, Goldie Hawn, and, and he instead starred in Big Troll Little China. Good, it was a good boob. Like, so what you get is that year for Kurt Russell, he wasn't making a mistake. No. <laughs> and the other thing is, is if you look in the trivia... Everyone was considered for this role before, but it hmm. meant that Kurt Russell or 
like yeah. Lambert. Christopher Lambert. Because, like, Mel Gibson, everybody was fucking thought about yeah. it. And nobody wanted Patrick to do Swayze. it. Patrick Swayze. Yeah, Patrick Well, they were crazy for Swayze. <laughs> all right, so we're at the zoo, and Connor is with Brenda, and they're in love now, and they're holding hands. And then all of a sudden, she tells him that most people are afraid to die, and that's not your problem. You're afraid to live. And, and he says, two lines. Because he's like, look, this has been fun, but we're not going to be a couple. Yeah. And his assistant, Rachel told him earlier that he won't let anybody love him and he's like I'm I'm gonna outlive them a hundred yeah. times it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense that so. Spanish peacock was right and we get a little of that because there's two lo- two lions in the zoo and I'm like oh they're dead oh because Tony does that when we watch old movies <laughs> if there's pets in it or Any animals movie. in it anytime there's a movie he with thinks the 80s about how they're not alive anymore and the today. guy will go oh here's my dog I'm like oh that dog's dead and I'm like, why do you do that? Like, hey, let's ride that horse. Oh, that horse is dead. <laughs> he always does. That's so fucking so, morbid, Unless it's a tortoise. <laughs> yeah, that tortoise is going to be alive after me. But she seems to want to be a thing, and mm-hmm. he's like, no, well, no, he says, we're just having fun. <laughs> yeah. He says, take care of yourself. Don't lose your head. She's, All right. She is a fan of swords. Mm-hmm. And we're at Brenda's apartment, and the Kurgan is there. Hello, pretty. That must be his go-to. I line. thought she went to the library. I thought he found her at the library. Mm-hmm. I thought that was her house. I don't know. Yeah, it's her house. She's Somewhere. Books. <laughs> All right, so then he breaks into her place. Well, you know, she has a literally. Yeah, literally breaks in like the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she goes into a room and locks the door, and he just busts. That's what he does, man. <laughs> like do- he doesn't use doors. Doors. <laughs> Well, they weren't invented when he was born. That's true. All right, so he breaks into her place and takes her with him, and he drives crazy in the same car that he stole earlier, but the roof is fixed. Um, he screams he <laughs> like a clown, and down. she's losing her shit. And we have now, I really like Queen, I really do. But they have a rendition of New York, New York that is so bad that Freddie Mercury doesn't didn't want to hear it ever again, and it has never been released. Mm-hmm. True story. But uh, he's like driving the wrong way down the road and he's getting never played chicken. And yeah, he's. Just, She's losing her mind. Because he knows he can't die. Like, if you can't die, you're going to do dumb shit like that. Plus, at one point, he's, like, driving down the walkway part of the bridge. running people over. Yeah. Well, he's... She is beside herself. And then she, like, faints. (laughs) We haven't gotten a lot of Kurgan in this movie. All we've seen Kurgan do is kill other immortals. So that's part of the game. Mm -hmm. So we we needed some... Bad stuff. Yeah, we need know. to hate him. Yeah. We know that Ramirez said that if Kurgan wins, it'll yeah. be bad for the yeah. people, but we don't know what. Yeah. And here's what seems interesting is Kurgan calls Nash to get him to fight, which seems unnecessary because he just said, hey, I raped your wife. Yeah. <laughs> and Connor was trying to kill him right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no, um, you have to wait. But now I have to kidnap your current pseudo-girlfriend so you can come fight me. Well, he that wants, wasn't a problem. Just tell him where the fuck Connor you are. He was be, coming. Yeah. He wants Connor to be distracted because he yeah. wants to make sure he wins. Well, you know what? Then you should have had him drink some boom boom. It's a poison. I don't know. Can immortals? Well, I was like, can immortals get drunk? drunk, Which they can, which doesn't seem like it would make sense. Because remember, he he had that with um, Castigan. I know Castigan. No, not Castigan. Castigan was the guy that stabbed him sixteen times. No, Bassett. Bassett was was Castigan. Was the right? You're right, and I'm wrong. I know. All right. So anyway. Uh, Connor tells Rachel that she's left instructions for him in the desk and to follow them explicitly because there's no matter what, you're not coming back. It's time for him to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's like, you'll Nash be taken dies. care of. And yeah. she's like, you're not coming back even if you win. And he's like, nope. Nope. Nash dies tonight. It gives her power of attorney and mm-hmm. basically everything that's his yeah. will be hers. Which is weird. He should leave it to himself. But anyway. Well, so we cut the Silver Cup Studios billboard. Um, <laughs> it's time for the main event. Ding, 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 ding. Seems like a bad place for a sword fight, but okay. 
it goes like most movie sword fights you'd expect, so some back and forth with the bad guy getting the upper hand until the and end planks. where the hero valiantly saves the day and wins. Well, they... Uh, they look whenever, on a rooftop. Whenever yeah. they Silver hit, Cup Studios. Whenever they Easy hit each bet. other's swords really hard, it sparks. And I saw in the trivia, what they did was they hooked a car battery up to either sword through the guy's coat, mm-hmm. and then they would hit, and they would hit just like if you did two jumper cables. It's like that's a little dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> I bet that shit didn't fly nowadays with any fucking insurance. Try that now. So, so Christopher Lambert grabbed his sword. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. shit. Yeah. This movie just cost thirty million dollars. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a cool backdrop for a. It is. Yeah. For a fight. Silver yeah. All right. So. Mm-hmm. All right. What makes this fight different and, and super cool is that there's water and lightning the entire time. Um, at one point, they fall down into like a big empty yeah, warehouse. warehouse yeah. yeah. And that's where they finish the fight. Um, you know. And let's see. There could be only one. Boom. Connor wins. And you zoom in. And we get the mother of all quickenings where you get... Lightning demons. It's like the night on Bald demons. Mountain from Fantasia. All of a sudden, the lightning demons are going into him, and he's like, Oh, I know everything. Oh. Like, <laughs> if you look, you can see the wires holding him up. Yeah. I was like, Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like flying around yeah, and as it, these it, demons enter. I, I choose to ignore the wires. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So evidently, the, the prize that you get here is you get to know everything. And you don't live forever. You can now grow old and die and have children. But you're connected to everybody. Mm-hmm. You can help so many people. You can talk to world leaders and tell them things. And they yeah. won't listen to you because yeah. they're world leaders and you're some guy named Connor. I don't know. I think I he was, can read minds. I'll keep him more time. Yeah, they did say he could see He could see what everybody was thinking all the yeah, time. Yeah, which doesn't seem like it's not going to do anything for you. But yeah, um, yeah so it's like people. the worst prize ever. Yeah. They were better off being a and, <laughs> and now you're going to get old. What's her name? Brenda wants to have a family with him. He's like, oh, we can't. I was like, what? Like, it didn't. I just met this lady. He's not immortal anymore. (laughs) I didn't get that. (laughs) Crackerjack prize. I was like, what? (laughs) Well, so now you can have children grow old, which is kind of consistent because in Highlander the Source, which is the worst piece of dog women, (laughs) dog (laughs) track. After Highlander the Quickening, um, the prize that Duncan gets is that he can grow old and have children. Yeah. So I guess that's the prize. I mean, I guess if you've, I don't. If you've lived if forever, you've lived you just two grand, want to die. Two thousand years, you're probably like, I've had enough of this. You're just ready to go. I just have you kids. can <laughs> find a person that you can love and grow yeah. old with. It's probably the grass greener thing. It's it's awesome to us because yeah. we don't live forever, but to them, mm-hmm. they're like, nah, I'd rather would die. And we get a voiceover from Ramirez um, after Connor says, "You never told me about that, you Spanish peacock." Yeah. And well, we figured out that Ramirez didn't fucking know that because mm-hmm. <laughs> no one knew what the prize was. Because no one had ever won. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ramirez, you have a voice of Ramirez tells Connor that the power is his, his and not to lose his head and credits roll and it's Queen's kind of magic alright so what did you think Elaine my favorite character is Con- as Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod although I think Russell Nash is a dumb name mm-hmm. it's a wrestler um, name my it's Kevin Nash. <laughs> my least favorite character is Kate, the woman who wanted to burn him. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene is the sequence of Connor and Heather's lives together until her death, because it's just sweet and romantic and sad, and it always makes me cry. And I just really like that scene. It's Queen. Uh, my favorite line 
is when Ramirez is telling Connor about the Kurgan. Connor says, how do you fight such a savage? And Ramirez says, with heart, faith, and steel. In the end, there can be only one. And my favorite tertiary object, I have a list here of things that I was writing down. You don't get a list. (laughs) No, but I was writing down objects that I thought. And I left them on here in case I didn't go first. But I get to go first, so I get to pick my number one, which is the fabulous Freebirds. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to give this movie a mild yay. A mild yay. It doesn't quite hold up as much as you want it to, but I think it's still a sci-fi classic, Mm -hmm. and I think it's worth a watch, even if you've never seen it before. Mm. Okay. Carly? All right. My favorite character is Ramirez. Mm -hmm. My least favorite character is Brenda, because she just got on my nerves. (laughs) Mm. She's nosy. She has no... (laughs) I didn't like her either, but she she didn't try to burn him following him around but i understand that back then he came back to life (laughs) it was annoying but you get it but she like what business do you have with this she just keeps harassing him uh my favorite scene is the time that mcleod spends with ramirez my favorite character My favorite tertiary object is ramirez's peacock feather shawl that was number two on my list and my favorite line was when they were on the boat, the whole part. I don't like boats. I don't like water. I'm a man, not a fish. And when he talks to him about haggis all the way down to You look like a woman, you stupid haggis. Whole, you did it already, so I don't need to repeat the whole thing. Um, I'm going to give it a may bay. Which is next to yay, so make it a yay. I had I never seen this before, and I have no nostalgia for it. And it is bizarre and doesn't make a whole lot of sense. However... It did make me interested in seeing the TV show because I do think it would work better as a TV show. TV show is much better. Um, and you just watch the pilot; it's so good. And I understand that it is. It has spawned a huge amount of games and shows and movies and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it is a sci-fi classic. So I suppose it is worth watching, but I'd be more interested in seeing the show. The third movie and the fourth movie are pretty good. Now, what's funny about the the TV series is I have them all on VHS still. I don't know why. (laughs) But I have them all on VHS. We have a VCR. We could loan them to you. No. (laughs) They're on... You were watching them on something, though. Are they on Netflix Uh, or Amazon or something? Amazon or Netflix. I think they're on Amazon. So maybe I will, maybe I won't. We'll see. Well, you can just take the VHS. If you come across VCR. It's not going to happen. Just watch the pilot. It's real good. Yeah. Uh, Tony? All right. Favorite character is Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Chief Middle Ledger to King Charles V of Spain? Yep. Mm-hmm. Least favorite character is Officer Garfield. That's kind of a dick. <laughs> favorite line? God, that's hard because there's like everything Sean Connery says in this movie, but... I think it's uh, my cut has improved your voice because it always <laughs> makes me laugh. My favorite scene is pretty much any with Connery once she, once he shows oh, up and teaches him. Just like me. It's just, <laughs> so the bromance, amazing, yeah. And my fa- favorite tertiary object is the muscle moon blade, even though apparently it was a piece of crap that kept breaking. Um, it's I can't really be unbiased about this movie. I would yay it, but um, I do understand it is it does. You do see it kind of loses its step as it gets older, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time, so I'll yay it. You can do nothing but yay yeah, it. I can do nothing but yay it. <laughs> all right. That's a, good, that's a good poll. That's a good answer right there. All right. My favorite character is Connor McLeod from The Clan McLeod. Mm. My least favorite character is Lieutenant Moran. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene is the fight with Bassett. 
where he's drunk and he keeps getting stabbed. Oh, yeah. This is what you would do with immortality. Yeah. <laughs> you would do dumb shit like that and and be stabbed and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that your wife is a bloated warthog. I, be, I beseech you. Have a nice day. That's the kind of fun stuff you would do. Um, my favorite quote is, there can be only one, because it is the most famous line in this movie. If you if you anybody's ever seen this and you say there could be only one, yeah. they're going to know. Um, my favorite object is Ramirez's hat inside Connor's trophy room. Not on his head, in the trophy room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not because the peacock feathers. <laughs> I was like, he has a shawl of peacock feathers. <laughs> and the reason that I like it is because you can see that he's a collector of memories and this is his room. Like, he doesn't show this stuff to anybody. And just, just the fact yeah. that it's still in one piece yeah. after what? Um, that was 400 years. I'm sure he's taking it to a haberdashery every once in a while <laughs> to get it repaired. Sure, I'm sure they had one in 1612. <laughs> they definitely had a haberdashery in 1612. Yeah, where, well, he was in Because you know what a haberdashery is? They fix hats? It's a place that makes and fixes hats. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and um, this movie is my Star Wars. Mm. And what I mean by that is when I was very young, I remember watching this. I don't remember the first time I saw this because I don't remember yeah, ever I'm, not watching I'm this. I'm the same, yeah. But... And I have those rose-colored glasses the way most people have for Star Wars. Yeah. There are a lot of problems with this movie and this franchise. Yeah. But I've seen them all so many times when I was so young, I just don't care. Yeah. So I I'm give the same this. way. Like, yeah. it's, like, me and my dad don't have much together, but we did watch Highlander a lot. It's a good one. Because it was on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, highest of yays. Yeah. All right. Carly? Please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs and on Twitter at unmovie podcast. You can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com and subscribe and listen to all our other episodes. Share them with your friends. And tell three friends to have them tell three friends. Keep getting those numbers up. Uh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> so next week on the podcast is Tony's pick. Tony's Tony's pick? <laughs> 1995's fantasy thriller, I guess, The Prophecy. Oh, we're... all right. Wow, I... who wrote that? <laughs> the guy that wrote this. All right, I do. Is want... it as cool as this? Does it in have my a opinion, clean soundtrack? In my opinion, it is. We'll see if you guys like. Does it, it. have a clean wanna... soundtrack? No, it does not. I want to okay. bring up two things. One. In the fight between the Kurgan and the and Ramirez, he spits in his face at yeah, one he point, does. and I about died. Yeah. And two, he says, "I spit at you." My <laughs> third favorite tertiary object is Connor McLeod's Nikes. His fucking scuzzy ass Nikes. He <laughs> went like they're not a new pair of Nikes. They're like some old beat up scuzzy Nikes. Those are like, vintage. <laughs> these were probably ones he actually fucking owned, yeah. and he just wore them the whole movie. So those are which, probably from the original Nike factory that, 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 that Russell Nash worked at. Nowadays, you would never see shoes that beat up and scuzzy in a movie. That is true. That is true. If you have seen The Prophecy and you want to send us your thoughts. Oh, yeah. Your um, favorite character, favorite scene, least favorite character, the whole spiel. If you want to do that, um, send it to, to there, anywhere. Find us on Facebook any social message, media. message, Instagram. You can text it to Elaine at 3 o'clock in the morning. We don't care. <laughs> I care. Audra, uh, don't text to me at 3 o'clock in the morning. We'll put her phone number on the Facebook page. <laughs> 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 we will not. With the address, just send it in. <laughs> <laughs>